And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. One way or another, I'm gonna find ya. I'm gonna get you, get you, get you, get you one way or another. I'm gonna win ya. I'm gonna get you, get you, get you, get you one way. Disney won't stop. Hope Molinex and Chris Honeywell have finished Clone Wars twice and Rebels once. Now they move on to Resistance and beyond. I'm Gene Gene, the MC Machine, and this is J-Guys and Jedi. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars Resistance. In this episode, hold on, my computer's really far away from me, let me scooch it up, okay. In this episode, Kaz decides to fully join the Resistance and fight the First Order, but they may have found him first. There will be... Tim gets promoted! Kaz starts his goodbye tour, but he also does a really great Yeager impression. We're talking about no safe place this week. How you doing, Chris? Pretty good, pretty good. It's Star Wars Visions! I know this is going to come out like two weeks later, but it's like Star Wars Visions week right now! They already saw it. Everybody already saw it, including you. Yep, yep. At the time that we're recording this, Star Wars Visions comes out tomorrow, and I'm just like, stupid excited for it. I can't wait. And I never I'm, know the dates. I was like, I like, I like looked yesterday because I was like, oh, hey, that, that new Star Wars show's starting sometime soon because I know Hope was excited about it. Was it going yet? Oh, no, two days. Okay. Yeah, I, um, when Chris and I started the call, I was like, Chris, I'm so excited about tomorrow. And he was like, why? <laughs> I was like, you can't be ready. You're kidding me. <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm so excited. It's, it's Star Wars Visions Week, and everyone's uh uh. By the time it comes out, I've already seen it. So future hope, you're gonna love it. <laughs> ah, can't wait. <laughs> future hope's gonna be so excited. Good job, past hope. Hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully, hope will be. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Hope, future hope isn't like oh oh you poor fool hope. No, from the general consensus that I've gotten from most people is a lot of the shorts like you know because they're also vastly different like there are people who have like your favorites and then like the ones that right. they thought it was okay but I've yet to hear anyone to be like no nah, I hated that um most good you know and that's just because they they have a wide variety of different like styles and animations and stories um so I I'm just they're like, there's something in there crazy for everybody. And I'm just like, yes, give me crazy Star Wars that's bonkers and insane and action and just pew-pews and stylistically animated. I can't wait for Visions tomorrow. Tomorrow! <laughs> some of it might be pew-pew. Some of it might be like, you, we might get some like, like the crazy mystical stuff from Clone Wars with the brother and the sister and the father and all that. Like, yeah, but like totally could translate into anime so that we could get some crazy mystical sort of stuff, you know? I think the thing that got me, that got me, that got me the most excited about it is that none of it's canon. So it's just like, here, so, have yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's been talking about the one that's called the Ninth Jedi. And, and like a lot of people are saying that like that's been their personal favorites, but I'm excited for the twins. Um, I mean, I'm excited for all of them, but like, I just, uh. I can't wait. That's definitely going to be on our commentary list this Christmas. Definitely on the commentary list. 
So, uh, how was your week, Chris? Oh, I was good. I uh, was at work a lot. Spent spent an extra day at work, so I had a kind of a short weekend. But like, I had fun. I watched uh, uh, that movie, Malignant. I haven't heard of it. What is it? It's it's that guy J- James Wan who usually does spooky ghost stories and haunted haunted doll stories and stuff, which I hate. But this was not that I, I like you can't talk about it too much without spoiling it. But this is a cra- it was crazy. It was uh, bonkers. A lot of people would think it's a bad movie, but it was very much a tribute to like Italian horror movies, which don't make any sense. And when you put it in that framework, it were it was it didn't make any sense, but it didn't make any sense in the same way that, you know, the movies it was paying tribute to didn't. So I enjoyed, there's been a lot of totally bonkers movies coming out. And what did I watch? Uh, Prisoners of the Ghostland with Nicolas Cage too. I was doing the, like, I, if I'm going to work, I'm going to watch a movie before I go to bed every night for like a couple nights. And, uh, that was another, that was a mixture of samurai cowboy, post-apocalyptic mad max mystical warrior nick cage playing bruce campbell in the evil dead movies type thing it was pretty unhinged i'm half tempted just because i've never seen it and you always get on to me for never seeing it one of our commentaries might should be mad max fury road I don't know if that I don't know if that would I don't know if that could happen hope until I do my own commentary on it because I would be insufferable in that commentary. <laughs> I would be insufferable. I would just be walking walking all over you because oh my god, I love that movie. I like I could I could write a doctoral thesis on that movie. So do it. But, do it. <laughs> but uh you should still you should still watch the movie just in case, oh and, and you should watch the movie anyway if you like fun and good movies. Yeah, I know. I gosh, what have I been? I've been watching amphibious. It's first it's week. full of stuff that 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 would appeal to you is what's funny about it. It's full of characters and subtext that would that would appeal that that would appeal to you. This just reminded me of like I was having a conversation with Megan. She was just talking about something, and then she was just like, "Oh yeah, you don't watch movies." And I was like, "Nope." <laughs> I was like, "That sums me up in a nutshell." Oh, you don't maybe watch maybe pretty maybe someday they'll make a, a a setting on TVs that just turns any movie into a cartoon, so you'll watch it. Ooh, yes. <laughs> little filter, little filter on a cartoon filter on every TV. You could turn it into either cell animation or CGI or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I've been I've been doing an amphibia rewatch because I'm working on a piece for the Geeky Waffle, but it's also like season three starts on October second, and I'm like super excited for season three. And it was really fun just to revisit the show. Actually, I was recently on um, our buddy Ali's show. That's what I did over the weekend. Um, I was over on Knights of Knights of Rin, and we were talking about the High Republic book, uh, Race to Crash Point Tower. So that was actually a lot of fun. So that sh- I, I that I would assume that would be out by now. So, but if not, keep an eye out for it. Um, because me and Allie did an hour long um, Loden memorial, which was really fun, just to talk about Loden and Bell 
um, and a lot of depth. I'm now saying things that Chris doesn't know or understand. Um, and then we like really. Well, dove I know in. a lot of people died in it, so yeah. But, like, <laughs> sort of piece in it. Yeah, I can. The rising storm is a ride. <laughs> I can. I can piece it together through context. Um, but like we we talked like for an hour, the first hour, just really in depth about Loden and Bell, and because they're just my favorites. And, um, and then we got into Race to Crash Point Tower and we were talking about like Lula and how like Lula and Sai like really need a solo adventure together as Master and Padawan. And I, of course, just went off about my Comac and Sai ship because I want them to kiss all the time. And I wrote a Loden and Bell song. <gasps> oh, oh, do I want to ask? It goes like this Loden and Bell, Loden and Bell. Both are dead because war is hell. Bell is not dead. Don't you even. Oh. My baby boy, my chaos son, do not. He's, do not. he's dead because it was a long time ago. In a galaxy it, far, far away. And it was even longer ago in a galaxy far, far away. So ah, it, was no. a, it was a longer time ago in a galaxy far, far away. No, but I had a lot of a good time. Like I got to talk about my fanfic that I've been writing um, over on AO3 called Fire and Thread. Um, about Loden and Bell, and um, I talked in depth about like Cantum Sai and why I love them so much, and how they're just a really fun character that I really want more of. And this might be crazy, but I go into why um, Ram Jamaran would be the perfect Padawan for Elzar Man, and wow, that rhymes Ram Jamaran and Elzar Man. <laughs> so go check out uh, Knights of Ren, that's W R E N. Because um, me and Allie had a really good time talking over the weekend about Race to Crash Point Tower. So go check that out. That's what I did over the weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, I can't wait to do another High Republic show over here. Uh, <laughs> I have to finish up the, the newest books, though. I still don't have Edge of Balance yet, but I haven't had a chance to go pick up my comics yet. I'm about to, I'm about to watch Cheech and Chong's High Republic you don't know how often I'm like, I really want to make 420 jokes, but I don't want to be five years old. And also, right. everyone has five year olds be them. making 420 jokes. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to be a 14 year old boy, <laughs> but I'm also like, everyone's already made these jokes, but I want to be that person who comes to the party late with high jokes because I am, I, I want to be that person. Um, anyway, resistance. Let's do it. Let's do it. Did you like this episode? I like this episode a lot. I like this episode too, but I think I like last week's better. I, I definitely like this one better than last week's. Interesting. I, I think for me, because all the Griff stuff really carried last week's episode for me, but um, yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into it. <clears throat> no Safe Place is the 37th episode of Star Wars Resistance, and it aired on January 12th, 2020. It was written by Gavin Hignite and directed by Brad Rao. I know we're getting towards the end of the season because I'm running out of, like, extra information stuff because that was just kind of, like, falling action. <laughs> I'm running out of extra information stuff. So, I'm extra information for you. Though the First Order TIE Bombers were designed for this episode and the ship makes its first on-screen debut here, its actual first appearance was in Marvel Star Wars Allegiant... No, no, no. Marvel Star Wars Allegiance number one. And finally, a significant change from an earlier iteration of this episode was that Kaz and Tam would have communicated via comlink, thus confirming each other's identity at the end of the battle. This was scaled back in the finished episode with each presuming the other's identity. That would have been very interesting. 
I liked it, it better this way. I liked it better this way that they like, you know, it made yeah. it made enough sense that they would recognize each, you know, what was going on. The only thing they that they showed Cam Cam showing some of her work too, going like, "Oh, I can't believe Eager's out there." Ah, that doesn't. He's not flying like Eager, you know. Well, the thing that stood up to me that why this didn't work, and I brought this up, I I think in our season one, re- it was either our season one recaps or our episode covering the Resistance shorts. We never saw Tim fly prior to season two. I don't. I we never have, did. But but the thing is, is like if we don't see it, we have to assume that Kaz, you know, yeah. if it happened off screen. But like we never saw Tim fly on screen until season two, which makes me go, how does Kaz know this? <laughs> um, we don't see everything. I know, but still, that's true. We never saw Buggles die and come back to life as Darth Buggles. But. Um, but yeah, that that was the only weird thing is we know we were told that Tam was a pilot, but we never saw her fly. Um, but my was, my working theory is there were two Buggles and we just never saw them at the same time, and she like just call them both Buggles. And every once in like when Buggles would walk off screen and another Buggles would walk in, it could be the other Buggles. It just reminded me of like a parents who like whose kids goldfish die and they just swap out the goldfish. Yeah. Yeah, or, or yeah, or the goldfish Goldie in uh, Trailer Park Boys. Do- Doze is just like, or orangey, oh no. Sorry, Orangey the goldfish. Doze is just like, oh no, Buggles, quick 4D, get another Buggles before Tora gets home. Yeah. Look, it's your same Buggles. Why is this one acting weird? It's like they got an old, they got an old clone chamber, and they just like have a big, big hunk of like Buggles hair that they save from the drain from the the shower <gasps> to clone them off when they need a new one. Oh my god, I just finished watching uh, Monsters at Work, which was the, like, Monsters Incorporated, like, mid-cool show on Disney+. Plus. And there's actually a whole storyline about, like, one of the old workers who was hairy and got caught in, like, a saw blade, and they save a chunk of his hair. <laughs> They're like, yeah, Dave's here, and, you know, this hair is for Dave's spirit, because he's always with us, and <laughs> the new guy's just like, ah, that's a dead guy's hair, ah. <laughs> Monsters at Work was surprisingly really cute. Um, hey, I just did a podcast with the Waffles over there at Monsters at Work. Go check it out. Um, yeah. You know whose hair we should not save from the drain? Why are you? Yeah, no, that's true. You don't have that much hair. You're kind of like a felt doll. <laughs> not anymore. Used to have Bernie Sanders hair now. When you were really, really, really young, did you have like Fabio hair? Jet black it was. Ooh. You could do, like, butter commercials with that hair. Feathered it was, yes. Ooh, Yoda! You have any pictures of that? Business in front, party in back. Hmm. Oh! Well, that's how you got the, you know, the high council. Mm -hmm. It's all business and no one just saw the back of your head. So... Mm -hmm. I have a very simple question for you, Yoda. I was thinking Our about simple this. simple question for Yoda. Yeah. So, it can be about you or someone else. But tell me a secret, Yoda. Yoda does not reveal his own secrets. That's probably smart. But Yoda <laughs> can tell you. Little Grogu <gasps> smokes Pall Mall cigarettes. Yes. What? Pall Mall menthol. Well, mm. he is, what, 50 years old? Yeah, old enough he is, yes, but shouldn't. 
growth it stunts. You, you, did you say menthols? Yes. Oh, gross. Ugh. Also, Yoda hears he is kleptomaniac. Yes, sticky, sticky fingers. Yes. Are you just trying to tarnish Grogu's image to make yourself look better before season three comes out of Mandalorian? No, no. Just ask Yoda a simple question you did. I'm waiting for you to be like, and yeah, he does lines of cocaine. Yeah. Jedi Code says, Jedi, what is cocaine? Hmm. Do not know about that. Lines of spicy dust. Ma- magic space spice dust, maybe. Yes. <laughs> y- Yoda doesn't know anything about that. Is he the? Does he steal cars too, Yoda? Mm, maybe has jacked a few. Yes. Oh, okay. Has he robbed some banks? No, no space banks. No. Okay. Cannot okay, reach just... counter. No. Actually, a very valid. Very See him thing. come and go. They do not. Well, maybe that's the thing. He just slips behind the counter and just walks under the counters and gets to the back and just takes what he wants and leaves and just hides yeah, in the vents. Uh, maybe not smart enough to do that. Yeah, steals frogs, <gasps> airpins, cigarettes. Did he? Did he free all the frogs at a zoo one time? The Lothal Zoo that we never saw in Rebels. Yes, freed all the gorgs. <laughs> really, people. Lothal has a zoo. In also, this that is that is space term for 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 running naked. Oh, does he does he run around naked? Free the gorg. Well, he's a baby. Babies and toddlers often take uh, take off their clothes and run around. It's just a normal toddler thing. He's a baby. Fifty-year-old uh, baby, he is. Yes. And we can ignore all the bad things he did. Good scam a- that is. Yes. He's a ba- he's a baby, so just a wants- baby. I, oh, pretty girl can change in front of Grogu. Just a baby doesn't know nothing. No. Oh, he doesn't. He's just a baby. Fifty years old. But when someone tries to change in front of you, that's bad. That means you're spying. He's just a baby. With the force, all things can be seen. Oh, Biota. Uh, I think he's making that mind. I think he's. That was gross. (laughs) No, no, but I think he's just bullshitting because he's jealous of that baby. He's mad, yeah. Mad. I'm glad he did. I half expect him to come out and be like, "Yeah, I have a secret. I eat my own toenails." And I was like, "Oh!" So, nah. so I, when I was writing this question, I—that's what I was expecting. So I'm actually glad it didn't go that way. Uh. <laughs> Tell you the best uh. flavor of toenails or something. Ooh. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> I didn't know there was a variety of flavors, but I guess yeah. <laughs> if anybody could figure that out, it would be our Yoda. I mean, am I wrong? No. <laughs> that or Mama the Hut. I feel like Mama the Hut might be like, yes, gorg toenails, delicious. Speaking of gorgs, hey, there's one right here at the top of Act One. You ready to get All into right. it? All right, let's gorg it up. Act One. We open 
with Captain Dad is walking around Queen Lucy, and Queen Lucy is just like, oh, this is a nice fancy ship, and Captain Dad Doza is just like, thank you, thank you, and welcome to our marketplace. And all the Colossus, like, you plebs are just like, oh shit, royal people, we have to act like super duper fancy and all. And so, dear sweet bulls of gruel, the Gorg salesman is just like, my queen, your beauty is amazing and you're so smart. Please take this offering from my humble shop. And he gives her a Gorg. And it's actually really cute because she takes the Gorg and she's just like, oh, I'm going to keep this forever because that's super cute, duper cute. And she's like, thank you for the Gorg. And then she takes it away and it's her pet for life. And it's great. But as they're leaving, boss dad Yeager notices in the distance his son, Kazuda, and Kazuda is leaning on a railing, looking at the sky, watching the aces fly around, and Yiga goes over to talk to him, and he's like, why aren't you racing? Is that not your dream, son? And Kaz looks Yiger in the eye and says, Dad, I think it's time for me to leave the Colossus, and then the music plays like, da 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 which kind of ruins the moment. But anyway, um... So, inside uh, the hangar, Kaz calls up his good buddy cop buddy resistance bro, Norath, and I love them together, and I love Kaz and Norath, and I want them to go on all the adventures in a complete spin-off show of just Kaz and Norath, because it would be super fun, and I love them together, oh my god! And Norath is like, I'm so excited you're coming to the adventure, bro. And coming to the Resistance is going to be so much fun. And he sends Kaz some coordinates, and he's like, I'll see you soon. And Kaz is like, wait for it. And he's like, yeah, you're getting it. You got that joke, Hamilton. Got it. Anyway, I had to slide in one last Hamilton joke. It's fine. Um, so then Kaz starts his goodbye tour because Captain Dad just happened to be in the hangar by himself, like a lurker, and comes over and he's like, Kaz, thank you for everything you've done for us, and I wish you the best of luck. And, and Kaz is like, thanks, I've learned everything from all of you, and I'm happy to go fight. And he wishes them well, and Doza leaves. So we jump to the baddies, and old Goldie Pyre is, like, actually being smart for once. He was like, I don't know why we didn't do this sooner, because, like... Vader did this in the original trilogy, and we should have just did this sooner, because this is so much smart. So much smart. See, I can talk great good grammar, because I'm Captain Pyre! <laughs> good smart. Good smart. Good, good smart good. Captain Pyre. The goodest smart. Goodest smart. Um, so he ends up, I haven't actually said what he did. <laughs> he sends out orbital probes. And they go out and going around the galaxy to go look for the Colossus. But no one's got time for that because we're with Tam. Tam's in this episode, everybody. Tam! Tam! Yeah! Um, and Tam is just looking up at the stars, like missing home and being a good girl trapped in a bad situation. But if Tam is there, that means that bitch Recklin is there too. And that bitch Recklin is like, Hey. And she's like, why does everything out of your mouth sound so sleazy? And he's like, because I am a sleaze. What you doing? She's like, I just want to go flying. We've been stuck here forever. And he's like, don't worry. We'll be flying soon. That's the end of my scene with you. Bye. So we go. <coughs> Sorry, I almost choked on spit. It's fine. 
Um, so we go back to the good guys, and Kaz is continuing his goodbye tour with Niku, who is so sad, and Niku is in tears, and he's losing his shit, and he's really upset, and Niku crying makes me sad. So Kaz gives Niku his first racing trophy from, like, episode two. You know the thing that costs, like, a shit ton of money that everybody was fighting for that I guess they never pawned off in this time where they desperately needed money, but I guess it has sentimental value, and now it's coming back here, so whatever. And he's like, Niku, I want you to have this t- trophy. And Niku's like, thank you for giving me this broken thing, because it feels like my heart breaking with you leaving. And he says that Niku is his bestest friend, and these dumb boys are so precious, and I love them. And then Torrance and Nara shows up. And Tora is in a sad rage. And she's really upset that Kaz is leaving, because aces are supposed to stick together. And she's all sad, and she punches Kaz in the arm because she's sad and then Sonara doesn't do anything she just says hi and she leaves like what the fuck anyway Yeager kicks everyone out because he needs to speak to Kaz and then daddy Yeager gives Kaz the fireball and it's really emotional and Kaz is like you're really giving me the ship and he was like well how the fuck else were you gonna get there like take our shuttle that belongs to Colossus no (laughs) you're not doing that I'm gonna give you the broken ass ship instead good luck and they hug and dad and son hug it is so cute but bucket is in a rage bucket's in a rage because kaz is getting the fireball and bucket's all like you better not destroy this ship it's gonna kill you man this is our this is our ship Ah." bucket like cries and runs off so kaz and cb23 hop into the fireball and they look around the colossus one last time as they fly and leave it behind but as they're getting up into space and they're leaving, one of Pyre's smartest, goodest probe droids is out there and it spots the fireball leaving. It looks like but a garbage can lid. It kind of does. It's smart. It's a good, good droid. Good droid, says Pyre. Good droid. Goodest good droid. Tierney's going to give Pyre an orbital probe when he gets back. <laughs> Definitely, definitely have a lot of fire and tyranny jokes coming up in the later acts. <laughs> what do you think about the one? It was good. Uh, I, I, it's funny because they set it up like like it's a it's the final episode, which you know it's not. And plus, they 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 set it up as the final episode, but they're doing it at the top of the episode. So like the only thing it's gonna fool is little kids because it didn't fool me. Because I'm smart. I could see them, like, um, setting it up where he goes to the Resistance, meets up with Norath, and then brings them back to the Colossus. Like, yeah. I could see this being, like, a split story. Right, right. And then they continue the story, and Kaz comes back in the final episode to save the day with a bunch of... Like, yeah. With, and, and they get to bring, you know, Oscar... Well, no, they can't bring Oscar Isaacson at this point. No, no, he's definitely out of the show busy. by now. He's a busy... Definitely out of contract by now. But, uh, like, they missed so many opportunities with the Queen and the Gorg for great comedy. Like, A, the go- like a you're expecting the Gorg to attack the Queen, but it doesn't. It's sort of like being being a good Gorg. It's like staring is- up at her with, like, big lovey eyes. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, 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 it's kind of funny because it's like, oh, the Gorg, no- and, and the Queen should have just, like, womp ate it and been like, thank you. Yeah. It was delicious. 
right? It would have been it would have been like, great. Just like Niku, how Niku just like swallows yeah. one hole. <laughs> yeah. It would have been I, very Lucy Lawless Xena style, you know, just like comp. Because the thing, there is a joke there where, because like the really short Alina guy, Drevel, Grevel, whatever his name is, the little purple guy is there too, and she like sees him, she's like, "Oh, your gorgs are really big," and like that's the that's the joke, but it's not very clear because Grevel's in the background while she's still holding the gorg in her hand in the foreground, so it's not the greatest joke they ever written. But what if been... what if they brought the gorg up to her and then everybody around like he's like I brought you a gorg and everybody's like no 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 and the gorg jumps to like bite her face and she just like hong like her mouth just opens up into a big toothy <laughs> mouth and just like clomp takes it out of the air she's like excellent I I kind of half um would have liked to have seen because actually I love that scene too I have a note about that because. I like how chill, because, like, the, the queen is over a gorg, because, you know, it's a little frog, and I feel like the stereotype would be a queen just being like, oh, a frog, thanks, I guess. But no, she's just like, oh, cool, a frog. Like, I live on an ocean planet, and I'm a fish queen. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I like how just kind of cool she is, and I almost wish she, like, put it on her shoulder, and, like, the gorg nuzzled her, just like, this is my new mom. <laughs> like, that would have been super cute. But I also like the idea of her swallowing it whole. That would have been hilarious. Because I can just imagine the look on Doza's face of like, oh, God. (laughs) Just the look on Doza's face would have been the price of admission. Um, My only other note is, if I wrote this, I would have had uh, Kaz try and succeed with taking Tora with him. She wouldn't have left her dad or her aces. Or... Or not Tora. Um, Sonara? Sonara. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I would have had him take Sonara aside and say, look, I know, you know, you don't care about, you know, the First Order and the, the Resistance much, you know, maybe a little because the First Order has been chasing after him. But but this would be, you know, you're you're a, you're a good fighter. You seem you seem still wanting to have some adventure and. Uh, Kaz wouldn't say this, but but Sonara might be thinking to herself, if I'm fighting the First Order, yeah, you know, might be my uh, best chance of, you know, you never know, I might bump, it, bump into Tam somewhere. That's actually interesting, because I have a Sonara note, too. Because um, I... One of my like few, very few gripes I have at the end of season two is after the mutiny episode, Sonara just kind of falls off. Like she's just kind of, she's just kind of there. Yeah, and she, and then she's just kind of there for the rest of the season. Like the mutiny was like her last big thing, and then she's just kind of there for the rest of the show and doesn't really do much. And I, I this is this opening scene is a really good example of that because Sonara comes with comes with Tora. And Nico gets a scene to cry, and Tora got to punch him in the R. And then Sonara didn't do anything. She just kind of just like, oh, you are leaving. And then Yeager shows up and she leaves. And like that's that's the summary of Sonara for the rest of the show. And I, I wish she got to do more. And she I it might not be that it might not be like in her vocabulary, you know. Well, this is where I, I was thinking back that would be actually a really cute call back to season one. Because in season one, when Kaz snuck her off the Colossus and she's getting in the escape pod, he has that moment where he's like, we don't have time for emotional goodbyes. And she's like, emotional goodbyes? What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) 
And I think it would have been really cute where she's like, I know you're short on time, so I guess there's no time for an emotional goodbye. That would have yep. been a really nice line right there. Just that to be a callback to just call back to season one and and would just like kind of give her something. Because that that's one of my like few criticisms here at the end of the season is just how Sonara just kind of falls off the show and doesn't do anything. Um, and she's his friend too. I mean, she was upset over Tam leaving. Is she not upset that Kaz is leaving too? Like, what's and I guess it's different because Kaz went or Tam went to the enemy, you know, like to an enemy, someone actively trying to hunt them, and Kaz is not. He's going to the good guys, but like, there's still, I just, I wish there was something there, and I feel like it would have been really funny if she was just like, I guess there's no time for an emotional goodbye. That'd just been a nice callback. Um, did you have anything else? Nope, uh, that's all I had for Act One. Um, so my other two notes that I have, other than Gorgs and Sonara, um, this is just kind of a general season two note, and it's something that I've been kind of wanting to the whole the whole season, and it do, and it doesn't happen in this episode, so it doesn't apply here. But I've always wanted to see some point in season two. Tam's reaction to Kaz getting the fireball, or at least flying it. Because that was such a sticking point for her in season one, was Kaz was always taking the fireball, which is her ship that Giger promised to her. And I I always wanted to see that reaction, and it, it doesn't apply here because when she sees Kaz flying Ye- later, she, he's in Giger's ship, so it doesn't apply. But at some point, I would have liked to have seen that emotional reaction of, he has my ship. That's yeah. my ship. She did get. She sort of gave it up, but yeah, yeah. Just because it's something that she loves. Or so I don't know much. how the whole thing resolves, but it would be like at the end, like at the at the end, like it would be it would be a nice touch if Kaz gave her the ship. Yeah, I mean, so and that's just kind of a general thing because. I, I always wondered that if she saw the fireball flying, if she'd just be like, that's my ship, that's mine, that belongs to me. Especially because, like, Yeager's like, here, Kaz, have the fireball, the ship that I promised to Tam. Um, so it, it's, that's just more of a general note. It doesn't actually fully apply to this episode, but I've always wanted to see that that, that conversation. Um, and my only other note is about Yeager and Kaz's conversation right at the beginning before the fanfare. I like how Yeager opens that conversation because he opens it with, why aren't you racing? Isn't that your dream? Because that was Kaz's dream in the debut episode. In the very first episode, Kaz was just like, I want to be a race pilot. I want to be a racer. Like, that's my dream. But I like how Yeager opens it here because it shows that Kaz's priorities have changed. That it's not about being a racer. It's not about that. Like it's about fighting in this war and saving people. And it's a well, you good see, I way think Eager to... understands that. I think he's just trying yeah. to see if Kaz understands it. You know. Yeah. And it's a really good little litmus test for him to be like, are you still into this race thing, or are you really into this war? And Kaz is into the war, and his priority priorities has changed. And I thought that was a very interesting way to open that conversation, and very smart of them to do because it's also a good point to see how far Kaz has come. And even Yeager even says it when he gives him the fireball. He's like, you're not the goofy kid you were when you arrived. Like, you've, you've clearly changed. And I'm so proud of you. And then he hugged Kaz. And I was like, oh, dad. <laughs> Daddy Yeager. <laughs> so, yeah, I really, really liked that conversation. But that's all I have for Act 1. Oh. I actually don't have a lot of big notes for this episode. 
No. Well, we're getting into resolution er era, so it's not as much like I like how, you know, they're setting this up. Everything's getting knocked out, starting to get set up to get knocked down. So it's more like how they it's. Yeah. Most of the notes are on execution, you know. Yeah. I mean, I have a couple like things in like Act 3, but for the most part, like I don't really have anything. (laughs) Act two is going to be really short. Here we go. You ready? Uh, Yes. Yes, I am. Act two. So Pyre's probe is following Kaz as Kaz is trying to leave. And it fires on him. Pew, 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 pew. And Kaz is like, ah! And CP-23 is like, ah! And they're homing missiles. And Kaz is like, ah! And so he starts flying. And he like realizes they're homing missiles, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm about to be awesome!" And he spins the fireball around, and he starts zooming for the probe droid. And the probe droid apparently has like grievous arms inside of him because he just like opens up, and like bullets start coming out of him. Like pew pew pew! Oh, that'd be really cool if like grievous could just like open his chest and like fire a missile. Like pew! But we're not there anymore. That's Clone Wars. This is re- Resistance. I was about to say Rebels. Resistance. And he's all like pew pew pew. So Kaz leads the homing missiles back to the probe, and it explodes! But the blast throws the fireball and knocks out power to both the fireball and CB-23. And he's completely knocked offline, and Kaz is stranded in space. Back with the baddies, Pyre's like... Waiting for results. Cause I don't have a real job. I'm Commander Pyre, and I don't have a real job. Yeah. And someone's like, Mr. Pyre, Mr. Pyre, <laughs> Mr. Pyre, we have an image sent back from a pro droid. And Pyre, Mr. Pyre, Mr. Pyre, <laughs> Mr. Pyre, that's Commander Pyre. No one calls Pyre, you Mr. Pyre. There's a fire. <laughs> but it's Commander Pyre. No one calls you Commander Pyre, only to your face. No, we don't actually mean it. Anyway, so we get, they get an image of the fireball, and Pyre's like, Tyranny! Tyranny! I did a thing! And he runs into the room, he's like, Tyranny! Tyranny, I did a thing! Look, 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 I found the fireball! That means the Colossus is nearby! And Tyranny looks at the photo, and she's just like, Oh, you found Kazuda. That's great. Good for you, Pyre. And Pyre's like, can we have sex tonight? Can we have sex tonight? Can we have sex tonight? And Tyranny's like... And Tyranny says, I don't know. Can we? I was just gonna just be silent and not say anything, but I like that better. <laughs> and Pyre's like, I'll hold off. I'll hold off. Okay, let's go. Let's go. And she's like, only if you get the Colossus, and then we'll have sex. And he's like, let's go get the Colossus! So he runs back inside, and they start like running towards the uh, to the to to. They start running towards the star destroyer that they're on, apparently. And as they're running, Pyre's like, "Oh, these Aeotians helped the Rebel Alliance, so we must kill them all. Let's go." Also, with the baddies, that bitch Fucklin runs up to Tam, and he's like, "Rex, Tam, guess what? Guess what?" They found the Colossus! And she's like, what? They found the what now? And he's like, they found the Colossus and we're gonna blow it up. We gotta get in our TIE Defiders, the TIE, I was about to say TIE Defiders, TIE Destroyers. We gotta get in our TIE Destroyers and then go- We gotta get in our TIE Pods. Our TIE Pods. <laughs> but don't eat them. That's bad. Um, 
<laughs> Where am I? Rick Brecklin's really excited about fighting the Colossus and Tam is not. There we go. That's what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> anyway, Kaz is traded in space, right? And he's all like, what would I do? It's like, I would be Yeager. And then he starts making Yeager voices and he's just like... Kaz does a Yeager impression that goes like, Son, I am so proud that to call you my son. Ah, oh, thanks, Dad. We're gonna go play catch later. Cool, Dad, thanks. And your real father, Hermato, is a piece of shit. I know, thanks, Dad. But I'm stranded in space, what should I do? Well, first you need to love yourself. I'm not gonna masturbate in the ship. Good call. Jumpstart it, okay? And he's like, okay, Dad. And Cass Cass jumpstarts the ship, and he also jumpstarts CB-23, and they start working on the thrusters, but it's a sad time, because he's gonna have to miss teaming up with his buddy cop boy, Narath, and and Kaz is like, I I need a window or something to hit. Wait for me, Norath. Wait for me. I'm coming for you soon. And they get the, the the fireball sputtering back to life, and they start flying back to Colossus. And he flies in, and he barely gets to the Colossus in time, and it kind of breaks down, and it falls over. And Niku's just like, Kaz, you're back! Yes! And Kaz is like, move, my bestest friend! And he shoves Niku out of the way and like throws him off. And he runs over, and he's like, Captain Doza! And Doza's like, oh, thank God! We didn't know how to run the show without the protagonist. I'm glad you're back. This is going to be really boring without you. Thank you for coming back, Kaz. He's like, there's no time! The First Order is coming! And Doza's like, what? And sure enough, there's the First Order showing up in Pyre Star Destroyer. And Doza turns to Queen Lucy, and he's like, I'm sorry, we have to leave you. And just fuck off and leave this very technological evil bad guy over your planet, even though they know that you helped us. And she's like, no worries, we can fight them. So Doza uh, orders the aces to get their fighters so they can uh, to, to go off and fight. And Queen Lucy's like, we're going to fight them with our flying fish. It's going to be great. But with the fireball busted, Yeager tells Kaz that he can take his personal ship and it clearly pains Yeager to say those words. He's like, I swear to God, if it comes back with a single scratch on it, Kaz, you're dead to me. I will not be your your father anymore. And with the baddies, Fucklin is so ready to blow stuff up, and Tam is scared and hesitating as this battle for Aos begins. Dun, dun, dun. What'd you think? Get back to you. You know, it just came to me. What ship was Kaz planning to take anyway? That's why I made that joke in Act 1. I was just like, what was he make taking in Act 1 if he wasn't going to take the fireball? I guess Probably, the I'm shuttle? Guessing, uh, yeah, I'm guessing one of those shuttles or something. But they don't belong to him. They belong to the closest. That's true, too. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is he going to fly? That's, that's, that is true. Um, e- Even though I was calling it a garbage can, the probes do look cool. They do look really cool. They're, they're, they're sort of a more a miniaturized and, like teched up version of the old pros. Pro- yeah, and I like that they open and they have like different functions too. Well, you know how it's like probe smart, probe not smart. Probe probe smart if probe just watches. Collects intelligence. Probe probe totally fucked up the whole mission by shooting at Kaz and and fouling the the element of surprise. It was all done, you know. Yeah, they, did, they, did, they got there quickly, 
but they they knew they were coming. They could have been on top of them before they even knew it. You know, if the if the probe just would have let Kaz go and go, look what I just look who I just filmed flying away from this planet, guys. And then they could have gone there and gotten the Colossus. You know, I mean, it's Pyre's probe droid. What are you expecting? Yeah, yeah I I I program personally. Um, the space stuff is is also like really beautiful in this. Who yeah. I I again wrote Aos is still the prettiest planet. Look at those rings. Look at those and, rings. Those rings are so. Pr- I have yeah. expected Cast to fly through one and just seeing like a trail of like dust. They just they just they just take such care to make it. And when when um he redirects the 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 missiles back at the probe, just the way it's filmed is is very nice. How they do like. A moving shot and then just sort of like a shot of the di- in the distance wh- that's static but with the stuff moving it's just it's beautiful and once again the lighting is is you know over and above be- and beyond um um there's an odd when when uh cb's working on the on the outside of the ship like and she sort of hops down there it's kind of odd because she sort of hops in that they had an opportunity to, to like, maybe she's using, I'm guessing using magnetism or something, but it still looked like it had earth physics to it, you know, Yeah, it I, just I, sort I, of a hop. And it, and it was like, they could have made it a little weird looking, you know, cause I guess she, she, has, she used her cable to get out and down there, but when she is actually on it, it I can see she that. Hops, kind of- yeah. And you, you don't, there's no gravity in space. So she, you know, but you know, why would you hop up? You would just sort of like plunk down and, and, uh, you know, and that's why they roll so they could just sort of maintain magnetic contact with it. So it was and that was a little weird, but it was just a that the only other note I have is Kaz's snapshot that they got of him is hilarious because it's like <laughs> it's a, with your mouth, like it's just you know usually you just would have a shot of him in the ship like looking forward, steely eyed stuff. This he's just sort of like ah, you know talking to himself or something or, or just mouth breathing or something it's it's like when you it's like when you're riding on the freeway and you turn your head at the car next to you when you pass them and they're just like picking their nose and singing or something you know i i have that exact same note because like that's that felt it's, like a season one joke and that's why i liked it it's just a it, nice little touch yeah yeah and it also kind of reminded me of the scene from rebels where oh it's the it's it's one of the Saul Guerrera episodes I don't remember which one where Sabine and Ezra are sitting on the satellite dish and the Empire dude um, looks through the binoculars and, Kaz, and like Ezra's just waving at him <laughs> and Sabine smacks him it had that kind of energy to that moment as well so it, it yeah. just felt really nice I have that exact same note <laughs> Gosh, um, but that that's all I got. I know. I've already killed two of my four. I was just going to say, boy, yeah, well. <laughs> um, one of my notes is, and it has a quick follow-up of, so does it just go leave the Aotians to fend for themselves, huh? And it follows up with, never mind, I forgot Queen Lucy offered to fight with them. <laughs> yeah, no, they're one of those, they're one of those, like, kind of, like, I don't want to say primitive, because they're technological people, but they're, they're, they're simple. They're just like, if if we like you, if we de- deem that you're good, eh, you know, don't worry, we're we're with you, you know. 
So that so they're not like, you know. But sometimes you got like in Clone Wars, especially you would get um, people on a planet that were similarly sort of technological tribal. That would be like, why are you like bringing the, war to like, our like the Lermans that you love so much? But at the same at the same time, at the same time, these guys are way different than a battalion of clones. You know, a battalion of clones are a lot less clear. You know. They would have to, they had to like, like get a taste of, of, you know, the other side to be like, okay, we're with you guys or whatever. But like, yeah, the clones are pretty, were pretty threatening. So a lot of times they would be like, you've brought war to our planet, you know, but it wasn't as much. uh, And I sort of expected the queen to be like, yeah, you know, and she did a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. Uh. Oh, Chris, don't you miss those Lermans? Pappy Lermans. Yeah, every day I miss those Lermans. I know how much you love Pappy Lerman. I take my keys every morning and I scrape a line like in a prison cell on my wall of every day I'm Lerman free. Oh, I've got three three walls covered with lines now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, whenever we actually get around to Freemakers Adventures. I call them the Lerman lines. The Lerman lines. Well, if we ever get around to Freemaker Adventures, we'll have Lermans again. But they'll be Lego Lermans. Lego Lermans. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to one day do Freemakers. Anyway, um, I I love the bit of Kaz doing a Yeager impression. Because he actually, for one, it, it's cool to hear Christopher Sean like, play with his range. But it's actually not that bad. I was gonna say it's pretty bad. It's just it's it's the it's the teen doing dad. It's it's like the Charlie Brown sort of thing. Like you should do this. Although, like you know, if it was if it was season one and he was doing a Uyghur impression, he would have been more scoldy about it. You know, he would have been like, "You better get back to work, Kaz." Yeah, but but I was gonna like the the part that I thought that was actually well done is he actually kind of gets Yeager's inflections down. Like the yes. voice is bad, yes. but he gets like the pacing of Yeager down yeah. very well yeah. in the inflection. That you but would pick up a, as being somebody bad. who works with yeah 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 yeah. But it's just that that moments. Because I, I that's the thing is, if you're a voice actor though, playing a normal person. You can't be too good with your impressions, you know. You can't be like a voice. You got to be like it, it must be a little, especially challenging to be a voice actor playing a normal person trying to be a voice actor. Yeah, yeah, and so that's where I really enjoy actually looking at Christopher Sean's range a little bit because, uh, and it's actually much closer to Christopher's natural talking voice. Actually, he actually has a actually kind of a, a deep voice. Deeper voice, yeah. Yeah. Um, Check out our friends over at Friends of the Force because they interviewed Christopher Sean and it's a fantastic uh, interview. But yeah, that's actually much closer to Christopher Sean's voice. So, I, and I, I also forgot that happened. So I just died laughing because I absolutely forgot all about that. And it was so funny and caught me off guard. I was like, he's not about to do that. Oh, he is doing it. You want to hear a secret? <laughs> I may not have seen this episode before. Really? Yeah, I don't remember anything about it. So I might be in blind territory now. I'll know. I have vague memories of seeing the uh, the episode where, you know, Tam finally is, like, done with the First Order, but only vague memories of that. And it may be just that I was 
figuring it was going in that direction but it like it might have been the timing too because actually when we get to our feedback this episode came out the day before trust re- released so it might just also be like we were in trust crazy excitement land yes and just to yeah to memory that's very <laughs> and then true. we watched trust well that would that might have messed things up too so um and the only other wait that's all my notes <laughs> Never mind. The that's only up. other thing I have is nothing. Yeah, that's that's all my notes. So, wow, Act Three. <laughs> that's the that's the only one left. I actually do have a lot bigger notes though. So, and I don't know. Is- I liked Act One a lot. Let's just do Act One again. Okay, let's go back to the top. We open. <laughs> no, no, no. Act Three. That <laughs> Gene so- is like. I, 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 I think I died and went to hell. It's just like the unending podcast. How am I ever going to get to the next podcast? Oh, Satan starts it's Groundhog Day, the podcast. <laughs> Don't Ground, worry. Ground Pod Day. Ground Pod Day. <laughs> Gene Hendricks in Ground Pod Day. Oh, poor Gene. We'll free you from this misery. He finally listens to it at 1.0 speed and he's freed from his, his debt. <laughs> anyway, Act 3. Yes, Act 3. <laughs> the aces fly out to meet the TIE fighters, and the battle for Aos begins. And as they're all pew pewing, and the aces are like, Woohoo! We're pretty much rednecks fighting a military army. And the military army is just like, Ah, we're really bad at this, and blowing up. And there's 50 of us versus 6, and we're still dying! Ugh! And as they're all doing this, Tam sees Yeager's ship flying, and she's just like, Oh God, Yeager's here. My father's figure. Oh God, I am emotions right now. And as the battle's going on, and it's raging, going back and forth, the First Order bombers break through the Aces line, and they start flying at the hol- the Holossus. The hol- this This ship is hollow. <laughs> it is kosher, and we're good. No, uh, the Colossus. <laughs> Um, and they start dropping bombs, trying to knock out the shields. But Queen Lucy, bad bitch she is, is there with her flying fish army. And they start taking out these bombers like they're nobody's business. And they're there fighting to protect the Colossus. Didn't Xena have like a, like a warrior cry? Like the la 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 Yes. And Queen Lucy is just like, I think she actually does that at one point, like where like they're flying around and she like in the background you can hear her just going la, 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 la. and I was like, is that Lucy Lawless just doing her Xena call? That's awesome. Anyway, so the fish people are taking out the blo- the bombers on the Colossus. Empire Star Destroyer shows up and he's just like, I'm here to fight you, Colossus. You're going down today because I haven't had sex for the entirety of season two and I'm ready. And he starts firing his pew 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 lasers out of the bottom of the ship. <laughs> and everyone's like, please put your pants back on fire. Stop shooting your blanks at us. Anyway. <laughs> I have to just give a shout out to to some lovely Twitter friends of mine who have who are big Tyranny Empire shippers. And one of them is so lovely. It has been promoting our show and sharing it with people. And I know you ship Pyre and Tyranny and just know that I love you and I'm making these jokes out of love. You're valid. 
All ships are valid. Let's go. Anyway, um, so the Colossus is taking fire from Pirate Star Destroyer, and Cat comes up with a crazy-ass plan. He's like, guys, we're going to take the Star Destroyer on, head-on, us six aces versus that Star Destroyer. And they're all like, oh, this is a fucking crazy, but let's do it. Let's go. So they start heading for the pirate ship. And Tam's like, wow, Yugi's gotten really reckless in his old age. <gasps> That's Kaz. Kaz is flying that ship. And she's like, the fireball better be okay or so help me God. And as the aces are fighting the Star Destroyer and more ties are coming out, Queen Lucy and her men have no choice but to retreat because the fireball, not the fireball, the Colossus is trying to get out of the, the gravity well so they can go jump into hyperspace and do space things. And she's just like, goodbye, people we have known for 12 hours. Thank you for giving us medicine. Good luck. And so she takes her people and retreats because their fishes only go so high. She takes and, her Lucy Lala's paycheck and goes home. Goes home and has a great... Hey, did you hear that Elvira, um, the actress that plays Elvira, came out as bisexual today in her new book? And she's been in like a, you know, a relationship with a woman for 16 years? I, For some reason, that doesn't surprise... Cassandra Peterson, I want to say, is her name or something like that. For some reason... That doesn't surprise me, or it seems like I might have heard a rumor of that before or something. But no, I haven't heard she announced it, but mm -hmm. I'm not surprised. Oh, I'm sorry, a 19-year relationship, and you're right, it is Cynthia Peterson. I didn't want to interrupt you. Uh, but yeah, she's been in a 19-year relationship with a lady, and good for her. Happy belated bisexual awareness week, everybody. Good for her, and good for her lady. <laughs> good for both of them. Um, where was I? Uh, oh, yeah, Kaz is flying at the um, Star Destroyer, and he's preparing to launch a missile at Pyrotyranny Gallic, just as Tam is locking onto Kaz's ship. And he fires his missile, and Tam has no choice but to break off from Kaz and shoot down the missile. But in the process, her ship is damaged, and she, like Kaz early in the episode, who had to limp back to the Flosses, she has to limp her ship back to the hangar, because Star Wars, it rhymes. Empire is just like, wow, that was really cool. Hey, Gallic, who was that person? And Gallic's like, that's Tam. And Empire's like, ah, I didn't want to like her all season, but I guess I have to acknowledge her slightly now. Ugh. And well, so she did kind of save her life just at that second. So yeah, yeah. Pyre has to admit that Tam did something good. And the Colossus is finally clear of the planet, and the Aces zoom back and they get back and they all jump into hyperspace all safe and sound and Pyre's just like no 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 and Tyranny's just like yeah bye Pyre and walks out he's just like no I'm gonna die a virgin back in the hangar Kaz hurries up to Yeager and he's like Yeager I'm so happy that I have to stay with the Colossus now because that was a really hard decision. But also, I think Tam tried to kill me. Tam was out there, I think. And I don't know, I've never actually seen her fly. She never actually flies in the show, but I'm pretty sure that was Tam trying to kill me out there. And Yeager's like, Tam, my baby girl? Well, she knows what she did. She left us all behind. She turned her back on us. So we're gonna turn her back on, our backs on her. And he's like, yeah, that's kind of harsh, Dad. 
I guess that's sound logic. Hmm. Anyway, back with the baddies, Tierney and Gallic are just like, Tamra, good job saving all of our lives. We're playing the good cops now, in case you're having any doubts about leaving us and trying to destroy us and coming back and backstabbing us, because congratulations, you are promoted to commander. You are now Commander Tam. And somewhere off in the distance, that bitch Fucklin learns this information and he curls up in a ball and cries in a corner. The end. Goes to sleep sucking his thumb. He's like, I wanted to be a commander. I'm the biggest Nazi that's ever space nazi Why can't I be the commander? <laughs> What'd you think of Act 3? It was good. It's so pretty. There's one shot of, like, hype diving down with a TIE fighter, and the oceans hit the TIE fighter, and then Skype's ship just goes skidding across the water as the tide blows up behind him in the coral. It's so pretty. Yeah, all the, all the, all the battles and space stuff are just beautiful. It's just, it's hard the water to... water battles are so good, too. But, like, uh, on top of this, like you know, like, the flattened TIE bomber looks neat. You've got, like, Mad Max. Speaking of Fury Road, the, there's a scene right out of Fury Road in this with, with to the Aeotians jumping down with spears onto a TIE fighter. And the way they, it's, it's, it's. It's it's like a sh- it's an iconic shot from from uh, from Fury Road of of uh, you know exactly the same thing people jumping down from one truck to another truck with spears but exactly the same way that like just like leaping out into space you know and and just like bringing their whole weight down with them and. Uh, and there's just great tension in this because, you know, it's a beautiful looking battle, but like, you know, the best, the best battles have that like personal drama going on it in them. It's got, you know, it makes it more exciting. That's why like the best fight battle, I think in the trilogy mo- or the, you know, sequel trilogy movie was in the first movie with the, uh, the the last lightsaber fight because it was characters you know fighting each other are you talking and, about when ray and kylo are fighting on the death star no and no no in the first movie in uh the force awakens when they're down on the planet and uh why am i blanking on this and you know at, at the end of oh, it they're, they're, oh in the snow yes yes yes, yes, yes. in the snow okay. Yeah, and it's it's because it's it's a drama battle, you know. There's there's drama going on with it, and you know, characters are trying to do things and are figuring each other out and stuff. And this one has, you know, you know, Tam, you know, Tam and and um, Kaz confront the fact that they might have to kill each other, you know. And and are they both ready? Are they both ready to to you know fire fire the push a button when they have to and so there and yeah there's just great tension in it and it's you, you know because it's it's the story sort of coming to a head and it, it it actually has like real real tension as to how how things are going to turn out in it so it's it's great 
so I actually have two thoughts on that. Um, when I first read that background information that earlier in the script, they would be com communicated by comlink. It actually reminded me a lot of the book Lost Stars. Um, quick summary, Lost Stars. It's about two childhood friends named Sienna and Thane, and they both go into the Empire together, but Thane gets disenfranchised and he leaves and joins the Rebellion. And there's a scene where um, Thane and Sienna, uh, Sienna meet up in a battle and he calls her and he's just like, I guess we're fighting now, aren't we? And like they're lovers, like they're in love with each other, like it's a romance. And it's one of the few like really good romances that are just completely written out. I highly recommend Love Stars. But when I read that, it reminded me of Kaz and Tam a lot in this episode of just that, like those moments where there's moments where Sienna and Thane, every time they go into a battle, they're just like, please don't let Sienna be here. Please right. don't let Thane be here. I don't want to fight them. I, I want to start stop this entity, but I don't want to fight them. And that's what a lot of this reminded me of. It has a lot of Lost Stars vibes. The only thing I wish they did slightly more with this battle, because it's a great battle, it's beautiful, the Kaz and Tam stuff is really good, but I wish earlier in the battle we saw we were with Tam a little bit more, because she's also fighting people like Tora and Hype, who are also her friends, and those are also people she loves, and I would have loved to see her, like, tailing Hype or tailing Tora and, like, having those hesitation moments and, like, breaking off or something like that. That would have just been just as good because it's not just Kaz. These are all her friends. This is her home. She is fighting her people she loves. So I, I would I wish we just got more of that. I, I wanted more because what we get is really, really good. But I would love to see those moments of her hesitating, like with Tor and Hype as well. Yeah, I think they're I think they're just like warming up on it, you know. They're so I they mean, did more. I, this I will say one thing about resistance is like it does often miss the mark when it comes to like those subtleties and like, like we were saying with Sonara in act one, like it just drops Sonara out of a scene. Just she's there and she's gone. And that's very much a constant with the show. Like there's so many times we've said while watching the show, I wish they had kept these small thread beats because they often seem to forget these thread beats. <laughs> um, and I will say that is a, the criticism I have of the show um, because I, I feel I don't like think other they, shows. I don't think they forgot them. I think they had to make all sorts of like hor horribly harsh decisions over mm -hmm. what not, you know, what they and, could do and what they couldn't do. And I also think Kaz is the protagonist. He always gets friend and center. Um, and that's just how it is. Like Kaz is the protagonist, and that that's just how it is. Um, yeah, yeah. But well, I, I would I mean, have. I, I still would have loved those moments of her just like seeing Tora's ship and like just being like I don't want to fight Tora I don't want to fight hype I don't want to fight these people I love um did you uh, have any other notes my only other note is like it's 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 kind of funny they act like like Kaz after this is Kaz is just sort of like yeah I'm back on the fireball but it's like couldn't he just be like hey look the fireball came under attack when when can I hook up with you next you know <laughs> and and uh, off he goes to the resistance again you know i think it's, part of it is kaz never wanted to leave in the first place but i think he felt a duty to leave like he felt a duty because there i think that was the, that was i really the, want to skedaddle just to to avoid having to shoot to, like being like i don't want to like 
have to be shooting at Tam every episode. <laughs> but, but I think that was the conflict of last week's episode because part of it was he wanted to stay. He wants to protect the Colossus. He wants to make sure it's safe. But he also feels this pull into fighting for the resistance. And that's that was the conflict of last episode. But if the Colossus is still being hunted, it takes away that conflict because he's like, I have to stay here and protect it because the First Order is still hunting us. And it, and it resolves that conflict. So... I didn't have a problem with it. I, I think it's a good t- story tie-up from last week. And I just had another idea. This is what I would have done if I were them. I, I would have moved on from Aos, right? Mm-hmm. And gone somewhere else, gone to a few other places and just done hit-and-run, you know, racing things just ahead of the... And then disappeared, and then gone just just gone back to Aos. I just don't think they would have think they would have gone back to Aos, you know. Oh, but, like make it like a secret home base, but even make it back, make, go back there as their home base because the Empire's probably given up on it, you know. I don't know. No, actually, they probably left a probe like hanging out, you know, in yeah. case anybody went back. But like, yeah, yeah, I always wondered about that. It's just like you know. The, They'd never think we'd come back here. Well, that's that's also kind of the conflict that Doza had last week. He was like, Kazuda, like, or actually, I think it was with Yeager, because Yeager's like, I don't think this world is, this world is too good to be true. We can't just sit here forever. And Doza's like, we also can't keep running, because eventually we're going to run out of supplies. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, so that's part of the uh, conflict from last week as well. If I were, if I were Kaz, I'd kill two birds with one stone and say, look, we get with the First Order, and and we set up a we set up a a trap because we know the first door we we know who's coming after us we know what kind of ship they have and all that and we'll 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 lay a trap with the with the resistance there and then we'll just go sit down on some planet they'll be like wait we heard the fireballs on this planet and then they show up in the as soon as they come out of well, keep in mind this is right after Last Jedi, and the resistance yeah, well, is what, like twenty yeah. people. <laughs> I keep forgetting about the context of the larger conflict because that's way less interesting than what's going on in, in these cartoons. Yeah, like there really is no resistance right now. Like they're still in the process of rebuilding yeah, at the moment. Yeah. But um, did you have any other notes? No, I don't. So the other two notes I have. Um, what I really like about Queen Lucy and the Aeotians fighting is it reminded me a, a lot of ways of Return of the Jedi with the Ewoks. Yes, yeah. And I I just really like that clash of, like, technology versus nature. Because, like, they're fighting with, like, fucking spears and flying fish and well, taking the out high Also, The Ewoks also just were like, yeah, you're okay. Although it did take C-3PO being their god and stuff. But, like, what's uh-huh. it, like... Like, Wicket immediately, like, just took to Princess Leia and then, like, took her back and was like, hey, you know, this these guys are okay. And the, the Ewoks were ready to just crush stormtroopers. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it just gave me a lot of those vibes. Um, you know, fighting with spears and rocks and flying fishes and just taking out bombers like they're nothing. And, and I just think it's really cool just to see how they, they just ride their flying fishes around and they just jump from ship to ship and destroy them and just like pick each other up. I mean, I really like the ocean, the oceans and I like AOs. I think it's a really cool world. And like, I was almost snarky because like somebody had like a planet chart of like, all the main planets on Star on Twitter earlier, and they're like, "What's your favorite planet?" And I was like, "I'm I'm this close to saying Ao's Prime and being that guy." <laughs> but 
but I couldn't lie because Coruscant's my favorite planet. But it, AOS Prime has really grown, grown on me. It's just so pretty, and I love the culture, and I love the people, and I think it's just an, a cool little planet that I, I want more love of. Like, knowing that there's a rebel base, like, I would love to see Aos show up in, like, one of the Marvel comics. Like, maybe Leia set up that base and, like, met the past queen or something like that. Or maybe that this queen is, like, lives to 200, and so she knew Leia when she was younger. Like, there's just so many cool things there. Um, I, I just want to come back to this planet. I, I'm tired of Resistance not getting, like, callbacks and stuff, because there's so much cool stuff in Resistance, and I love no, it. No, I, I got the long lifespan vibe from the queen. I got the... the, the... Mm-hmm idea that the queens that was there when the rebels were there so my only other note is about yeager talking about the harsh truth of tam turning her back on them and he's like then we need to turn our backs on her what did you think of that scene because it's remember star wars are all civil wars it is a period of civil war in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And this is the, you know, say, so you end up, so this is, this is baked into that. It's like, you know, you're good at, it's brother against brother. And it's may, it's probably something Yeager and probably Doza are both familiar with, you know, mm-hmm. and probably, probably Yeager did not want to ever have to reach this point and maybe he would have been luck might have lucked out and and it wouldn't have worked out like this but yeah he just it's it's you know he just reached that he's at well you know in his mind he's saying well they're shooting at each other now and that's you know <laughs> mm-hmm. and also and the survival of the the colossus is tied up in it too so he's got to be like you know you know, this is the Colossus and it's the war at the same time. So and and and, you know, Kaz was saying, you know, Kaz Kaz was the one who's like, I distinctly fa- feel <laughs> that if she had the chance, she was going to kill me, you know. Mm-hmm. So. I I agree. Um, and I actually have two thoughts about that, because Yeager reaching this point feels very fitting here. Because at the beginning of the season, he has a similar conversation with Kaz. And Kaz is like, we have to reach out to Tam. We have to go find Tam. We have to save Tam. And Yeager is very pained. Like, like he's just, and actually it might have been the season one finale. I'm sorry. Um, I think it was the season one finale. Like, Tam had just left. And, like, Yeager kind of grits his teeth. And he's like, she made her choice. Like, he's very pained to say those words. But, like, since then, several months have passed. Tam's had all this time where she could have come home and she hasn't. And now she's shooting at them. She had the chance to kill Kaz. So I feel like this is a very justified moment for Yeager because he's being very realistic, just like you were saying. My other thought on that, I think he's saying that speech more for himself than for Kaz. Like, I feel like he's telling himself that because that's his daughter figure and she left. And I almost feel like those words are for him to justify his own thoughts and kind of squash down his own pain on the matter and saying, we are at war. My daughter tried to kill my son. Like, we are here. Well, it's a reality. What else are you going to say? Yeah. Kaz, I don't think we should. If if you're out there fighting, I think you should fight everybody but her. 
And if it comes down to you and or, or her, let her shoot you, you know? Yeah, he's not going to say that. <laughs> right, right. Nobody's going to say that. It's not the reality, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's, it's just the process of verbalizing something to make it real, you know? To set yeah. it. Play, everybody knew the everybody knew that but to have Yeager say it is is makes it real it's kind of an you kind of see the oh shit look on Kaz's face like he was almost hoping that Yeager would say yeah. the opposite and yeah, Yeager says that and Kaz has this look of like oh no <laughs> there's no scenario where anybody's gonna say that though it's and not notice, insane. <laughs> and notice how they w- both walk away from Niku to have that conversation. Like, Niku's in the background. Yeah, like, Niku they, needn't hear this stuff. Yeah, and because, you know, Niku's reaction had been like, but Tamra's our friend! <laughs> like, they, they take that away from, like, away from his, that conversation. And, yeah. Um, but I like that conversation. I think it's a very good conversation right there at the end. So, and here's my, my, um... Every time he's on the screen, that bitch Ruckland is a piece of shit. <laughs> oh yeah, he ain't getting he's, redeemed. He's he passed that point of no return in station to station when he cold heartedly said, "Oh, yeah. let the Colossus die." <laughs> that would be cool. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, but that's all I have for the episode. Did you have anything else? I do not. Uh, well then, scored up, Chris. I give it a nine point oh. I liked it a lot. It's very, it's, it's, it's one of those. We got Tam back. We got all the stuff that I've been wanting. We're we're focused on all the main characters. You know, none of the the sort of side characters are really, or you know, it's it's focused on the main storyline, and it's just beautiful to look at. It's got the story, the action, and the the you know brilliant execution the lighting and the the yeah it's just it's and and real earned tension you know from actual like character conflict with a really cool space battle at the same time so it's yeah it's it's great it's what this is this is what i this is like all the elements when all the elements of star wars come together you know So nine point oh. Sorry, I was muted. I just sneezed. Sorry. <laughs> you couldn't hear me sneeze, but um, I actually I I like this episode a lot, but I think I like last week's episode a little bit better. Um, and so I think last week just had more stuff that I personally like. Like I've been waiting for Griff stuff, and we got the Griff stuff next last week. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, it has so much, and it's so good, and it Tam's back. Um, I just think personally, I liked last week's episode a little bit better. So I, I gave this one an eight out of 10, but that's not in no way of saying that it's bad. It's a very, very good episode. It's just personal biases towards last week's episode. Maybe like last week, just slightly more. So, oh, sorry. I was muted and I just had to sneeze and I was just like, I don't have tissues. And I was like, how long can Kaz, can Kaz, how long can Chris talk as I go across the room and get tissues while I'm muted? And you were still talking when I got back and it was great. So I will hear your score in full when the episode comes out. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to sneeze. Um, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on Apple Podcasts, Twitter, the Two True Freaks Facebook page, or 
on the Two True Freaks website over at twotruefreaks.com. And this week, our feedback comes from Twitter from for our resistance episode for Station to Station. And this is from Charles from Gold Squadron Gaze podcast. And I just have to say before Chris reads this, that Charles has been such a dear. He has been just promoting our show on Twitter. He's been like retweeting and sharing every episode every week. He's just been such a darling and has been like talking us up. And thank you so much. Like you're so kind and you're super sweet. And I really appreciate it. And I love chatting with you. So I just wanted to like personally say like, thank you so much for just being like a little champion of our show because you've been super great. And we should absolutely figure out time for like our show and your show to like just just get together and like hang out and just chat because you've just been really great. So anyway, take it away, Chris. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Charles says, I have kind of a neat story about Station to Station. I did a visual media run of all shows and films between Disney Plus releasing and Tross. Station to, Station to Station premiered right before Tross did. At that point, I was rushing to try and finish all of the Resistance episodes before I saw Tross. It was so close to the wire that I actually watched Station to Station in the parking lot of the movie theater to see Tross like an hour before the movie. Sitting in my car, glancing back and forth between my phone and the clock. So all the stuff hoping Chris to say about Hux in this episode, tying into his role in Tross would have been made it super interesting to grow straight from this into Tross. It would have made Tross probably a better experience, too. That was Chris's addition to this. If we'd seen those seeds planted, alas, we were robbed. Robbed! Fun fact, I kept track of the order with a handwritten color-coded sheet. Age of, Re Age of Republic in blue, Rebellion in red, and Resistance in green. I still have the sheet. Oh, yeah, you got to save all that stuff. Thank you for giving us feedback. So, Yay. We didn't choose candy beforehand. No. Uh, we've been so good about it. <laughs> um, I have to go down to my freezer to get the candy. Oh, uh, then let me pick one so you know which one to... Yeah, how about... Yeah, yeah, that would help. Um, what about the Tim Tam? It's a small brown little package. Small brown Tim Tam. I'll be right back. Or not Tim Tam. Christmas away, so hope you're gonna make stuff up. Oh my god, Visions comes out tomorrow, and it's really great. You should also read High Republic stuff. It's really great, too. There's lots of fun stuff over there. I'm also writing a little fanfic called Fire and Thread. It's about Loden and Bell, and it's over on AO3. You can read it over there. It's great. And I'm also proud to have the only Cantop Psy story on AO3 at the time of this recording. Time of this recording. This is why you shouldn't leave Hope alone. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. Gonna eat my Tim Tam. Gonna eat my Tim Tam. Oh, it's like Tam. Like Tamra. Oh, we're gonna eat Tam. I knew you'd be Gavin when I was gone. <laughs> I can't wait for you to hear it. It's fun. My cat is so pissed at me. Why? I walked out there and she's like, oh, there you are. Look, I got a string. Where are you going? <laughs> so if you don't know what our do we're doing, Chris hates American Kit Kats because he's a weirdo. So our friend Dario, who is Chris's co-podcaster from Eden and Vita, sends us candy from all over the, the world to review. And this is a Tim Tam from mm. Australia. And I was saying that it has Tam in it, who is in this episode. So it's very fitting. Mm -hmm. mm. Ah. Oh, it's good. Mine's frozen. 
It's oh like chocolate cookie. With, with like chocolate cream in the middle. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Mmm. Mmm. Oh my goodness. It's got a very chocolate-covered chocolate Oreo vibe to it. Wow. It's actually sweeter than I was expecting, but really, I like the little layer of like chocolate cream right in the middle. Because it's not like creamy cream; it's just like a layer of like frosting. It's oh. fudgy cream. It's it's like it's like the chocolate Oreos. Mm-hmm. But it's very light and fluffy. Like it's not too mm. heavy. Mmm. Mmm. Thank you, Dario. This is definitely a winner. Spice. Good job, Tam Candy. Candy from Tam. Timmy Tam. Mm-hmm. Tim's twin brother Tam. Tam's twin brother Tim. And when you put them together, they're a Tim Tam. The oh. team of Tim Tam. Mm. 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 I Thank thought her twin brother was Tom. Tim Tim. No, he ran MySpace. But uh, jokes from 2001. <laughs> he was my friend. He was my friend too. He was everyone's friend. Everyone's first friend. Uh, you know technically MySpace is still up and you can like revisit your old page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have anything else for no safe space, do you oh no safe place, do you? Huh? No. I'm a gosh out of them. Oh let me finish up so you're having a moment. I'm good, I'm good. Alright. Where can people find you, Chris? Mm. You can find me at the Two True Freaks podcast at two true freaks two true freaks dot com. That's call, that's a that's a web address. Were you about to say you, two true freaks cod piece? What were you about to say? Two true priests two true two true two true priests two true cod piece dot cod. I I can't wait for our new podcast. Two true priests. Two two rude priests. Dot com. Two rude priests dot God. No, two true freaks dot com. That's our website. Chock full. Chock. Chock. Chock a block. Full of podcasts of all types, including Jay Guys and Jedi. And um, you can sign up for our RSS feed. You can find us on Facebook, where we have the Two True Freaks podcast page, where we post up all our shows. And we have. The Two True Freaks Cantina, where you can go and hang out. And we are also on that giant sewer that runs around the world called Twitter. And uh, you can just search for Two True Freaks there, and you will find the Two True Freaks Twitter page run by the steadfast Gene Gene, the Twitter machine. Let me tell you how great Gene is. Um, sometimes, because... Uh, we put our new episodes up midnight on Tuesdays and sometimes I forget. So I'm just like laying in bed and sleeping and I'll wake up the next morning and Gene has already posted the episode before I have. And I was just like, good for you, Gene. I forgot. It was- <laughs> <laughs> I was sleeping. Good I job, forgot. Gene. So oh, a very yes, big- it's Wednesday. <laughs> just a big old victory. Gene. That's your fanfare horn. <laughs> Oftentimes I'm, I wake up the next As morning. I'm just like- to the fanfic horn. Oh no, that's more just like uh, 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 
I that's feel that like, that's, I that's feel that that's almost sexy. too like normally sexual for a fanfic. <laughs> it needs to be creepier, it seems. I have to say, um, I'm I'm also been helping moderate the pink milk of the pink milk live streams on Friday nights, um, and uh, I like moderating their chat room while they're recording. Um, and Emma uh, is is uh, a fanfic writer, and I don't know what it is, but apparently there's a thing like a famous fanfic of Kylo Ren fucking a jar of spaghetti, oh. and. It constantly gets brought up, and I kind of want to read it. But is it I'm an like, Eminem like mom spaghetti reference or something? I don't know. I I don't know, but it comes up constantly, and I'm both intrigued and very scared to go looking it's, for it. There's got to be a story or a reference or somebody, you know, there were people talking about it, and somebody said something, and then and it turned into, and then it escalated into. Ooh. Him fucking spaghetti, but but that's how like fandom works. Like there's a whole oh, yeah, thing yeah, yeah, about, yeah. about Draco Malfoy and an apple because in one of the Harry Potter movies, Tom Felton has an apple in like one scene, and he's like weirdly sensual with it and like looking at it and stuff like that. And so it spawned an entire like sub fandom of of Draco Malfoy like being in love with this apple. Like that's being just a cider how sexual. Works. Yeah, like that's just how uh, how fandom works is like we'll glom on to stupid shit and like make shit up i mean like in my fanfic like i i ship uh comac vitus and cantum Psy. they've yet to have like meet anywhere in the high republic but i'm just like no they kiss because i want them to like that's just how fandom works like you just glom onto an idea and you just do it and that's what i love about fan fiction is we can do that shit because it's fun and we can <laughs> are you gonna stop us no you can't they can't do it can't well, anyway, that's where they can find me. Where can they find you, Hope? They you can can't stop me. you, but they can find you. Don't stop me now. You can find me on Twitter under Jagas Jedi. Don't stop me now. I'm also under at Hope Molinax. <laughs> Don't stop me now. Anyway. Uh, Freddie Molinax. Huh? Freddie Molinax. Ah, thank you. I actually just did see the best Freddy costume, and it was straight split right down the center on a person, and his right half was Freddie Mercury, and his left half was Freddy Krueger, and it was fantastic. Movie um, mashup idea, fanfic mashup idea, Five Nights at Freddie Mercury. Oh, God. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, um, what was I doing? Yeah, you can find me at Jacobs and Jedi on Twitter, also at Hope Molinax. I'm officially a writer for, over at the Geeky Waffle, so you can read my work over there. Go check it out, because we're doing all sorts of cool stuff. Like, we do Star Wars stuff, but we also do, like, I, I mostly write about animation. I'm actually working on an, an Amphibia article right now. Um, but there's so much cool stuff over at the Geeky Waffle, so do me a favor. Go check it out because I'm really proud of the work we're doing over there and I'm super excited about it. So just like go check out the website and like read some of the articles and like share them with a friend and that'd be really great. Um, you can also find me over at Geeky Girl Experience. That's my website. And Chris and I have another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. And if you're listening to this and you're on the Twitters, we have a Twitter account. It's our our initials, so HMCWC Pod. And we're, I'm trying to get us very close to, like, some more followers. We're almost at 50 followers over there, and I would love to have some more people. So, like, go follow us over there and, like, help us get, like, some listens and stuff like that. That would be great. Do you want to hear the title of next week's episode? I do. Next week's episode is called Rebuilding the Resistance. Okay, that makes sense. 
And it's the penultimate episode of the show. <coughs> now, is it the first part of the two-part no, finale? So or? We'll okay, have, so, we'll so have you're counting week. that as one episode, okay. Oh my god, we're almost done with Resistance! We have next week and then the week after, holy shit! Oh my goodness, we are almost done with Resistance! Yeah. Holy shit, dude! That one fat. Resistance two seasons. It's two seasons. It's yeah. Yeah, like that went really fast. Oh, I'm actually really sad. We're almost done with Resistance. Wow, we need to figure out what the fuck we're gonna do next. <laughs> we gotta figure that shit out real fast. It's um, not gonna be hard. There's, you know, at least it's not that there isn't aren't many things to do. So it's like. Yeah. I, I know the thing that we'll probably do next. I just personally don't want to do it next, but that's fine. I'll suck it up. <laughs> um, but mostly because I just did a rewatch of Mandalorian, and I'm like, oh, I, don't, I just rewatched it. I had to rewatch it again. <laughs> gonna be worth it. It's going to be worth it to rub Grogu in Yoda's face. <gasps> I didn't even think about it from that angle. That's completely worth it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we should He's going to hate that shit. And, you think well, you think you're hating it? He's gonna hate it. Oh, it, no! It's not that I hate the Mandalorian. I I just um I did a rewatch of season one yeah. like like probably about eight months ago, so it's still very fresh to me. And of course, season two just ended, so I'm just like I'm we're watching things so close together. I'm just like oh, I don't want to. Um, but no, I'm I'm excited to get into it, especially with like other things coming and whatever. What the fuck ever? Visions is tomorrow. Star Wars Visions is tomorrow. That's all I care about. Oh my god. <laughs> Visions is tomorrow! Even though it's out by the time this episode comes out. <laughs> um, but yeah. Alright, well. I don't have anything else, but I guess. I guess I guess we'll just wander aimlessly away like Yoda. Yoda! Where'd you go? I don't like when I can't see him. <laughs> Visit our website at two truefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T W O T R U E F R E A K S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at Two True Freaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks.
tears. The guy rings it. Wait a minute. Uh, um, I got it in the tip of my tongue. Come on. Uh, oh, golly, I'm nervous. Let me see. Oh, Alexander Dumbass. <laughs> oh, Henry Dumbass. 